Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And pray. Lord God, I thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I ask that you just open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word on the day. Um, help speak to us and help us to hear those things that we need to hear and receive from you. I pray that this lesson be effective, Lord God, and that it be ministering to others. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. Okay. So, it feels like it's been a minute um, since we've looked at this, but uh, we have this lesson that we have to review. Never got to go over it. Um, And then we'll have another lesson and after that we'll stop to review so very quickly let's go over well not very quickly but uh, let's go over this week's lesson so if you remember we had an assignment this one correct okay Hey guys. Okay, I'm trying to make sure I have the right thing. This is the one that I need, I guess. Okay. Okay. So we were on day sixteen or lesson sixteen rather for us. Um, of Laura wants to know you, and we were supposed to read Genesis 22, okay, and um, we were supposed to uh, underline the phrase the Lord will provide. We were supposed to note or mark the words love, obeyed, obeyed, and worship, and you know however they're used in the passage in the chapter is Genesis 22, 1 through 19. Um, and what else with you? In addition to that, okay, um, we were also supposed to look over it and write out any events or circumstances surrounding the use of each word and any other significant insights into uh, the uses of each word and its timing and history. And one of the examples that the author gave us uh, was how you see love first used in connection with the father and his only son, right? Abraham and his son Isaac. And then, you know, in the New Testament, you have God and his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Okay, then you're supposed to read it again. Um, and then see if in the usage of these words, you get a picture of Jesus Christ and his work on your behalf. And again, comparing love with John 3.16. So, 
I am not going to lie to you, at least for me, um, this one was a tough assignment. Um, even with the concordance, it was still pretty difficult for me to uh, see um, how the words are being used in those correlations. So I uh, went on Bible Hub, and I decided to go and use one of the commentaries alongside uh, Genesis 22. Okay. So the things that I marked, at least in the King James, were Genesis 22 and 2, uh, whom the Lord, or whom thou lovest, and then in verse 8, God will provide himself a lamb. Um, that particular passage is God Elohim will provide. Okay. Um, Genesis 22 and 14, Call the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. Okay. Um, and then looking, like I said, at one of the commentaries, I looked at Barnes' commentary, um, and there's, these are the things that I noted from that commentary. So it was a three days journey, right? Uh, it took Jesus, you know, three days to rise again, right? So three days journey. Um God restore Isaac to him, even if sacrificed, uh, concealment of his purpose from his servants. So this in itself, to me, was also interesting, right? Because, again, in the New Testament, Jesus sacrifices himself, correct? And then he is restored, right? He's resurrected. And then, you, get, like I said, the concealment of his purpose from his servants Again, Jesus does teach his disciples, um, you know, he's telling them, he's preparing them for his departure, right? He's telling them, I'm going to leave you, <laughs> right? But I'm not leaving you forever. I'm going to come back. But, you know, this is going to happen. I'm going to sacrifice myself for all of you, right? Trying to prepare them. But they, it was like they still, at that time, uh, the disciples were still kind of, um, I won't say in the dark, but it was like they weren't enlightened yet because he hadn't revealed that to them yet until after um, his resurrection. Okay. Isaac didn't resist, uh, seems to have made no resistance to his father's will, uh, probably thought his father was being obedient to God. That also uh, was interesting to me as well because, again, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he's praying to the Father and he says, you know, not my will, but your will, right? In that moment, he's like, Lord, let this pass, <laughs> you know, Father, let this pass. And then immediately right after that, he says, not my will, but your will, right? So Jesus was very obedient to the will of the Father. And that was something that uh, Barnes noted in this chapter is that. Isaac doesn't seem to resist Abraham. When uh, Abraham, you know, is preparing him to be sacrificed, he doesn't resist his father. He's not fighting him. You know, there's no mention of that in the scripture. He's just patiently being obedient, like, okay, well, he's just doing what God told him to do, right? Uh, Genesis 22 and 11, um, that particular verse, God does not want a human sacrifice. Right. Um, 
by God stopping that, it's more than just, okay, yeah, you were, you know, Abraham was obedient and God recognizing his obedience, but it also reiterates the fact that God does not want human sacrifices. Um, you might have to read through uh, Exodus and Leviticus for sure, but there's mention of that where he tells them that was one of the commandments, do not um, pass through fire, right? Uh, there was a, I forgot the name of the civilization, but there was a group of people at that time who that's what they did. They would do human sacrifices. Um, they would pass, I think, I don't know if it was the firstborn, but they would pass their children through the fire, meaning they would sacrifice the children in the fire. And that was a, a an abomination to God, right? So he does not want a human sacrifice for that reason, one. And then the second reason uh, that Barnes note is that we are morally unclean and therefore unfit for sacrifice. Jesus walked this earth and did not sin one time. And he carried out the will of the Father, and he completed the book. That's the other thing. Like, he did what we could not do, which therefore made him the perfect living sacrifice, right? So we as people, unfit for that. We're unclean. We're unfit uh, for something that great. And also doomed to be a culprit for um, a doomed culprit for whom a sacrifice must be provided. In other words, again, that that thing about being shaped in iniquity, right? Um, When Adam sinned, or one man sinned, entered the world. Adam, you know, what happened in the Garden of Eden opened up (laughs) to the world, which is why we, again, our flesh is what kind of keeps us in that state. It's the reason why we have to die daily. It's the reason for repentance, why we need to repent, why there's no such thing as, well, once they'd always say, yeah, I'm saved, but now I have to maintain in that. I have to die daily. I have to be obedient. Every day I have a choice of whether or not I'm going to follow God or walk in flesh, walk in sin in myself, all right? So we are doomed culprit for whom a sacrifice must be provided. He had to give his life for us in order for us to even get be able to have a chance to get right with the Father. Because until that point, it was just like, oh, no. We were destined for death. But his sacrifice gives us that chance to have eternal life. Okay, so the lamb without blemish um, is sufficient for a symbol of real atonement. And, you know, paraphrasing some of this. Um, holy is the Lamb. <laughs> you know, he's the Lamb of God. And he sacrificed himself. Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for us. So that in itself, right, that whole verse Again, he doesn't want a human sacrifice. We couldn't do it, but Jesus did, okay? So, um, and again, God knew Abraham was faithful, uh, was willing to surrender everything 
Abraham was now a tried man. And we've talked about this too, about how at some point you're going to be tested. You cannot expect, just like you in grade in uh, grade school, you get tested on things to see if you are proficient enough, right? If you uh, know enough to go on to the next grade, right? If you fail, I'm sorry, but we cannot pass you on, right? Um, in grad school, the tiny bit of research that I did. So I will say that real quick. I am not, you know, super knowledgeable about literacy, um, especially uh, my particular topic was like literacy affecting uh, and African-American boys, right, because they just aren't reading. Um, and the statistics were horrible. It's great. Um, just in general, the amount of illiterate people we have in this country is astounding. Um, and how important just being able to read at your level is and how not being able to read can affect so many things. Um, but in that, <laughs> in that, doing these things and looking over that and realizing, like, okay, if this person is not passing this grade by this level, or in the cases where you have a student who's being passed along, right, they're being passed along, they weren't strong enough even make it to the next level, they should have been held back a grade. But because, you know, maybe that teacher didn't want to deal with them, that they were a difficult student, or for whatever reason, you know, well, we'll just pass them on and there'll be somebody else's problem. And now you have an adult who is really struggling to function in society because their understanding, their knowledge is weak. You know? And like I said, the, the statistics for that are horrible. It's really scary. So if we wouldn't want that, you know, for ourselves or for our children in the natural, why would you be okay with that for yourself in the spiritual, right? You can't keep expecting. God is not going to pass you along. He loves you too much to pass you along when he knows that you're not strong enough or spiritually mature enough to handle certain things. He's going to keep you exactly where you are until you have matured or you have strengthened or you have proven that you can move on to the next part of the journey so you can move on to the next test, right, to that next stage in your spiritual walk. Because until then, you're just going to sit there. Right? And having been there myself, yeah, it's frustrating. You you sit there and then you start getting mad at God and the whole time it's you. Like, okay, well, whenever you're ready to move on, God, how long are you going to keep me here until you learn the lesson? Until you start actually doing what I'm telling you to do so you can pass the test? And then he's telling you, you know, it's like God is, is not just leaving you out there to figure it out. He's literally giving you the instructions. He's giving you the cheat sheet for life. And yet somehow it's like because it's not the way we want things to be done or whatever, well, no, that's not what I want. I want to do it this way. Okay. Not going to work out for you, but. <laughs> so he's now a tried man. He has proved now his faith has been proven, right? Talked about that too, tested faith. Would you really trust 
a vehicle that has not been tested, right? Would you really trust um all right guys, would you really trust driving in a in a vehicle where they're like, oh, it's safe, we think would you get in a roller coaster you know or on an amusement ride? Oh, it's safe, we think, would you get on a plane? If you know you're traveling somewhere and they're in the plane and the, and you see the pilot looking a little sketchy, like, I don't know, you know, I mean, they said they fixed it, you know, it, it had a little malfunction earlier today, but we think it, it will fly. Like, you think it will fly. No, 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 hold on, I'm sorry, I need, I need to get off. Uh, excuse me, I need to get off real quick. There's no way you would get on that plane unless you're just foolish, right? Oh, you know, God will cover me. I, I hope we get there and say, are you crazy? <laughs> you a fool. You were foolish. And God speaks against that too, but that's another lesson for another time, right? Your faith is going to be tested. So now we've seen in this one verse, again, this is in 11. This is all in 11. Abraham is faithful. He's willing to surrender everything, even his only son. Okay? His only son, his the very thing God, or one that God promised him, he was willing to give that up for the Lord. Right? Sometimes in our walk, or I guess I'll just make it, you know, keep it personal, <laughs> bring it over here to my house. There have been those times where. God will take me somewhere. The most recent that I can think of was camp, but there's been other things too. And, you know, or maybe it was a job position or whatever. And it's like, it feels like, man, God gave this to me. Awesome. And then the minute he's like, okay, now I need you to let it go. God, you just gave it to me though. What do you mean let it go? I don't want to let it go. (laughs) Why? Abraham didn't question that. He just, what God told him to do. Okay. Now, going on to Jehovah Jireh, right? The Lord provides. Um, again, this is the, the commentary. This name is a deeply significant name. Okay. Just as he provided the ram for sacrifice, would provide an atoning sacrifice. Again, we should have been on that cross. But instead, God gave his only begotten son. Right? We we talk about John 3.16 and, you know, John 17, 3.17. But we talk about those verses a lot. You know, you hear it over and over again. So it almost feels like a, a cliche, right? It's just some kind of saying like, yeah, okay, he so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, blah, 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 blah. And we just kind of gloss over it. But there's so much importance and significance in that. We should have been on that cross, but yet still he provided a sacrifice for us, an atoning sacrifice, one who is deemed worthy, clean, acceptable, and sufficient for all of us, and not just those in that period of time, but forever. 
Jesus, God is eternal. Jesus and the Father, he said, are one. So that is not just some temporary thing. That's why we don't have the animal sacrifices anymore. We talked about that too. So just as he provided a sacrifice, that ram for him, for Abraham in that moment, he provided us a sacrifice too. Okay. Now, uh, the Mount of the Lord here, talk about, uh, again, that's the same verse. The Mount of the Lord here means the very height of the trial into which he brings his saints. Again, you're going to be tested. There is no way around that. That's just, it's just part of it. Why? Because I can't trust somebody. I don't, I, if we, no, we are on the battlefield. We're supposed to be soldiers in the Lord, and I don't want somebody who might flake out on me. I need to know that the saint next to me is a true saint, and they're going to have my back, that they're not a wolf in sheep's clothing, that they're not somebody who, like I said, they're going to they're gonna flake out, they're going to look out for themselves. They're actually going to stand their ground. I, when I'm down, I know they're going to lift me up. You know what I'm saying? I know they're going to pray for me. When they say they're going to pray for me, and they're not just saying it, just to say it. Okay? So at some point, you're going to hit that mount. We're all going to hit that point, Lord, if you could just please let this pass on. If you could just give this to somebody else, Lord, I don't even want to deal with this right now. I really don't want it to God. No, please, no. Please, God, give this to somebody else. Anybody else but me. But we all got to go through that. We all got to carry our own cross. We all have to get to that mount. Because once we get to that level, now we're deemed acceptable. Now we are deemed faithful. Now we are deemed whatever that struggle is. You used to be weak. Now you're stronger. You used to struggle in that area. Now you don't really struggle too much. And pretty soon there will be a day where you don't struggle in that area at all. But it takes time. It takes that patience, that consistency, that constant leaning and trusting on God, even when you all up in your feelings and you're like, I just don't want to be bothered. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want this. Writing this novel is opening up so many wounds and so many things in me to the point where now I, I look at my laptop sometimes, I'm like, God, I really don't, I don't, I'm starting to hate this novel. First I was excited, like, ooh, okay, we finally, we're going to get this done. Now there's some days I look at it, I'm like, I don't even want to write. And that's saying something, because anybody who knows me knows that writing is one of my greatest passions. I have been writing since I was a child. Love writing. So to reach a point where it's like, mm-mm. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it today. Tell uh, mm. <laughs> you the dreams and the things God has been speaking over me with that novel. Right? Don't be weary in well-doing. 
that that verse has been popping up a lot. You know, persecuted but not forsaken. Just over and over again. I will glory in my infirmities. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And it's just over and over and over again. I'm just like, okay, Lord, okay. Okay, I got to get through this mountain. This is my mountain. We here. This is my test. And you said all I had to do is just speak to this. And I'll be honest, I don't even want to look at it. But you know what? There was something interesting that I heard. It was a long while back. Uh, this woman, she's blind, and uh, she's a chef. And one of the things that she said that really inspired me was, you don't fear, you know, the the mountain when you can't see how steep it is. Right, because they were asking her, you know, like, you're blind and, you know, you're not afraid, you're going to cut yourself away. And she was like, you don't fear the mountain when you can't see how steep it is. And that just shook something in me. It's like, man, she, she can't even see that mountain. She's like, so what am I, I going to fear? If all I see is God moving in my life, right, I don't even see the mountain. It's just like, okay, it's just another day. And you just keep moving forward. I don't worry about how steep it is. Or another thing that someone else said in a podcast, uh, Beth Moore, how you know she was doing rock climbing and she was a bit hesitant because they're climbing the side of this, this cliff or whatever it was. And the person, you know, the boule, I think is what they call them, but the people who helped them place them and spot them on the on the rock. Like, I got you. Like, even if you fall, I have you. And the thing she said was, how high would you climb if you knew you couldn't fall? If I believe and I trust that I'm in the Father's hands, and the Son also has his hands over me, and I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit, I can speak to this mountain and it shall be removed. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. That I'm going to be rewarded after a while, so I shouldn't get faint or weary doing good works, doing his will. This is all going to pay off after a while. Then what am I, it's like, what are you complaining about? What are, what are you afraid of at this point? Do you believe that God is or do you not? Yeah, I can complain all day long. Like, you know, it's been up and down. You have moments where I'm like, whoo, things turn around, and then all of a sudden, nope, here comes that wall again. It's crazy because there's been past years where I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I, I recognize that. I've been here before. The difference is my faith is a little bit stronger now than it was back then. I don't get easily discouraged like I did last time. You know, last man, probably like two, three years ago, if a wall popped up, it was like, ooh. You know, forget it, man. Just, it just feels like it's just never going to happen. I would just quit. Now I get a little beat up. I get a little down. But I'm not out. I'm like, okay, let's try again. Another wall. 
okay, let's try something else. Because I know what God has told me. I know what he promised me. I'm not quitting. You're not going to make me give up. I'm not giving up. Like, we've come too far to give up now. I'm not quitting. You're not going to make me quit because God has already shown me what I have capable, what I'm capable of, which is way more than what I thought. So, Satan, you can, you can do whatever you're going to do. That's fine. You come over here trying to discourage me. Try to hit me with depression. You try to hit me with all these evil, negative things. You try to send toxic people my way. It's not going down like that. Sorry. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. We cannot quit when we get to the mountain. We cannot quit when you get to the height of the trial. Because at that point, you almost, it, you almost over. It's almost over with. All you got to do is just hold out. If you could just hold out a little bit longer and just go through that thing, and he'll have stuff waiting for you that you like, oh, my God, I didn't even know. And it's like, yeah, I was preparing you for this. Where you, did you think you had? We thought we were just, I was just doing this just because? Everything I do has a purpose in your life. There's no such thing as coincidence uh, with God. Well, you know, I just thought I'd try this out. <laughs> what? He purposely, specifically, intentionally does things the way he does for a reason. And as we just read, right, as we just talked about, sometimes he will conceal that from you. But then when the time comes, when you get through that trial, that test, when that mountain is moved away, then it's like, oh, I see now. <laughs> then it starts to make sense. You're like, oh, I see why I had to go through that. See why I had to why I had to leave that job. I see why I had to take this job. I see why I had to move and live here for a minute. I see why God had me leave where I was living. Whatever it is. I see why God had me leave that person. I see why God had me let go of that, that family member, that friend, whoever in my life. I see why God took me over here. I see why God told me, you know, had me doing this specific ministry work. Whatever it is, that like, like I keep saying, there's going to be some test, there's going to be some trial, there's going to be something. My job is to keep walking, to walk anyway, to trust him anyway, even when I'm angry, when I'm frustrated, when it's not making sense, when it feels like it's been forever, when people are mocking and ridiculing me and making me feel like a joke, when even the people closest to me don't understand because God didn't give them the vision. He gave it to me. When people mean well, but they're speaking death over you. Like, no, I, I choose to speak life over this situation. I choose to speak life over myself because I know what God said. I know what God told me is in his word. And that's the key thing, right? Careful you're not running off of your your feelings 
what you feel like God is saying. Because if it's not lining up with Scripture, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's probably not God. God told me, does it line up with the Word? Because he's not going to contradict himself. If it ain't lined up with that scripture, you might want to go seek some seek, seek him in prayer. You might want to spend some more time in that word. Now, the final thing, okay? We see certain primary and essential characteristics, okay? These are things that are needed as far as being that servant, right, following God, to have to be that Abraham, right? And when we see his faith in God, which uh, Barnes refers to Genesis 15, repentance, Genesis chapter 16, fellowship in God, Genesis chapter 18, okay? And these are the three great turning points of the soul's returning life. We've kind of talked about this, at least I feel like we've mentioned it maybe once or twice before, right? Uh, but at least I think last week, it's impossible to serve God. If I don't even believe who he is, how can I serve him? How can I be a joint heir? Can't. I have to believe that he is who he is. So I have to have faith in God. Then I got to repent. I have to repent for the things that we've done. Why? Because your flesh, because iniquity, because sin. That's why. Every day, dying daily, every day. Nobody gets it right 100% of the time. Nobody. Besides Jesus. Be careful when you like, oh, yeah, you know. Oh, oh so you say you're Jesus now. Uh, I don't think so. You ain't got that. You ain't got it that good. You are not that good. You're not. You have messed up at least sometime today or this week. You messed up, okay? So just because even your thoughts, we are held accountable for our thoughts. So even if you didn't say it, well, I just I just thought it. You need to repent for that. You need to repent for the thought that you had. <laughs> so repentance. And then fellowship in God, right? Again, I think we talked about that uh, last week or the week before, about how you get caught up in doing all everything else, right? And it could be positive things. You could be doing ministry work itself. But if you are not spending time with him, if you are not spending time with your Savior, you are going to be empty. It's going to be depleted. You're going to burn out so fast, right? It's horrible to, to have God and still not have him. It's like being with somebody and you still feel alone because you're you're with them, but it's like they're not even present. They're in their phone. Every time y'all are supposed to be spending time together, they're in their phone, they're talking to other people, they're going around the room laughing and chilling and conversating with everybody, conversing, conversing with everybody else, but not you. 
and then y'all go home, and then you go in your separate rooms or whatever. You don't even speak to each other. Like, what is that? That's not a marriage. What? What is that? Roommates? Even roommates speak to each other half the time. Like, so you just with me to be with me? Like, what? What are we doing here? So just like you need that time, like God needs that time for you too. You're not going to make it very far without him. You can try, but I'm, I'm just telling you from personal experience, it's not going to work out well. It's not. You're not going to get that far. You can be hard-headed if you want to. Again, I, I know. You can be hard-headed if you want to, but it's not going to work out in your favor. So these things are essential. Abraham certainly had faith in God. He was repentant. He fell prostrate. Remember that? In Genesis 16, he fell prostrate on the ground. And he fellowshiped with God, right? Because we talked about that as well. He was a friend of God. You can't have a friendship with somebody that you don't spend time with, that you don't talk to, that you don't hang out with. Y'all don't do nothing. But that's your friend. That's a stranger. What? He's a stranger. Are you a stranger to them? Like, what? Jesus is going to be looking at you at the gate like, who are you? I don't want to get to the gate. He's looking at me like, who are you? I, I don't even know you. Who? I want to be able to call out my name <laughs> in the Lamb's book. Like, yeah, I'm here. Let me come on in. <laughs> so these things are essential. Right? And as I said, returning life, being a born-again believer, if I want eternal life, yeah, these, these are the standards. These are the things that I need to be upholding in my relationship with God. If any of these are suffering or lacking, my relationship with God suffers, and that becomes apparent in everything else in my life. Because, again, People will know what kind of Christian you are by the way that you handle things, by the way that you handle adversity, by the way that you talk to people, how you treat people, how you act and behave outside of church. It's evident. If you have no respect for God's authority, you're probably not going to have respect for anybody else's authority because you don't want nobody else telling you what to do because you don't like God telling you what to do. You don't submit to him, so why would you learn how to yield to somebody else's authority over you? You're hard-headed and you don't listen. Most likely, you're hard-headed with God, too. You don't listen to him, either. (laughs) You flaky with people. You flaky with God. Uh, I don't know, Lord. Uh, Maybe. uh, You know, I was feeling it yesterday. I don't know about today. Uh, So these things are, are vital, right? Now, these are built upon, uh, one, the effectual call of God, which we see this in Genesis 12. This is the reference they've given. And then finally, uh, culminates in unreserved resignation to God, referring back to Genesis 22, the very chapter that we're reading, right? Unreserved resignation, yielding over to the Lord. There is, like, again, for me, 
I know there are areas where I have to grow in because I don't have that unreserved regulation yet. There are certain things where when you first start your walk, it's like, oh, cool, cool, okay. The little things, right? Then God starts pulling, like, okay, I, but I need a little bit more from you. We need to address these issues because they're keeping you far from me. Right? And you might have a moment. We're like, well, God, how close do we need to be? Closer than close. Closer than the relationship with your closest best friend. Closer than the relationship you got with your boo thing. <laughs> the person that you like. Closer than close. Closer than white on rice. Close. Close. Okay. Having that unreserved resignation to just say, okay. Now, like I said, I've, I've been hard-headed, and it took him breaking me, but I asked for it because I knew at that point. I was like, okay, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm hard-headed. I feel like it would take something drastic to make me yield and say, okay. Like, so, Lord, if you got to break me, to make me get on my knees and just surrender surrender these things over to you, then so be it. If that's what I need, that's what I need. Now, after you go through so many periods of that, it's like, God, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm tired, and I don't want to go through this anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of this. There has to be a better way than this. To do this again and again and again? I don't know. Lord, please. Right? So that's that's where I feel like I am now, where it's just certain areas where I'm like, okay, you're going to have to make up your mind who's greater, your sin or God, your desire for this thing or God, what you want to do or God, your passions and the things that you want or God's vision. It will for your life. You have to make a decision. You can't have both. And if you choose your flesh, you choose yourself or, you know, whatever it is that you want over him, please understand that what that means. Because you don't get to have the, the, you know, all the blessings and the favor and honor and all the You don't get all that. And you walking in sin. I'm I'm sorry, this is not how it works. And then still talking about, yeah, I, I I'm a servant for Christ. Uh, you serving the devil though. That's what you said you wanted. Again, you know, a lot of us we we don't like to think of it like that. We like to be like, Oh, you know, I'm in a gray area. There ain't no gray area. There's no gray area. Either you are or you aren't. Either you will or you won't. Not about can or can't. Oh. That is our lesson for today. Right? Um, Again, just seeing that that parallel between uh, the New Testament and, and Old Testament, right, in this chapter. Again, this is Genesis 22, 1 through 19. Um, And just reading through that, it's like, wow. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but at least for me, there's a sense of, like, amazement and awe. Like, wow, like, you read it over and over again, but yet still, for me at least, just to see that parallel, like, stuff that I never really, like, you know what? Wow, like, I never caught that. But now I get it. It's like, wow, like, God, that's awesome. Like, God is so awesome. He's so amazing. That right there, he already had a plan. He's showing us through Abraham. Still teaching us today. You got to be willing to give up everything. You got to be willing to repent. You have to have faith. You got to spend that time with him. You got to. Those days where I'm walking around feeling crazy, like, oh, my goodness. Ooh. Um, and then I take a moment. It's like, did you really spend time with God today? Did you read your Bible today? Did you do your Devo? Did you just take a moment to just bask in the Lord's presence before you hopped on social media or, you know, whatever, before you started doing the stuff that you wanted to do? Did you take a moment to just pray and, and just spend that time with him? No? Okay, well, that's why you walk around here looking like who did it and why. Because you're not taking that time out. Right? You're jumping in into battle without your armor on, and then you're strolling around the battlefield like you, you're taking a walk in the park. And then looking crazy like, why am I being attacked? Oh, so, yeah, it's... it's I don't know. For me, this this is what I needed the lesson. Um, it's really awesome. So next week, uh, we have one more, and it's basically a recap of um, what we read. It has a lot of questions, so we'll be doing that. And after that, we will review. Um, because at least for me, I know I need to review because we have talked about a lot of stuff um, in this time. So I'll go ahead and pray out. Uh, Lord God, I thank you once again for the day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that your words just continue to saturate us and to just resonate in our soul. Uh, Lord, let it just be a reminder when we start to forget, um, when we feel like, we're waning, you know, we begin to wane in our spiritual walk. Let these words just come up, God, and remind us of who you are, that you did sacrifice your son for us. You gave your life for us, God, that we are free from sin because of your sacrifice. We have power and strength in you because you are our strength, God. And, Lord, I just thank you for everything that you're doing, all that you will do, all that you have done. And, Lord, just continue to just cover us, um, cover this nation, cover your people, God, and help us to endure and to get through that height of the trial, to remember that in the midst of the trial, you are still with us, walking with us. We are covered by you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Amen. All right, so y'all have a awesome weekend. Be safe. Take care and God bless. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.